Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Mo here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by returning guest Diamond McKenna, CEO of Diamond Assets in Milton. Diamond, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So last time we spoke in early summer 2022, we discussed your company's uh, rapid growth. So I'm hoping just to start us off, you can share an update on your company's growth trajectory since that time. Absolutely. Uh, This last year has been kind of a whirlwind. It's gone extremely fast. It's been an exciting year. Um, We had seen in the, you know, the market that there was going to be some changes with how Apple is releasing their new products and that that would have an impact on our traditional sourcing business and really what our growth is for our company. So we pivoted early in the year and executed on those pivot pivot plans and did some business and some non-traditional verticals for us. And that expansion has pushed our growth this year north of 20%. Now we need to end the year strong, but it was very exciting to be able to reforecast for the second half of this year. And, you know, it was just kind of the beginning. So we see a really positive future ahead. And so it was, it was a good start. It's definitely a good start this year. Great. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Can you share some more details on what changes those were that kind of pushed you in that different direction? Well, you know, shortly after this podcast, I think last year when we talked, I talked a lot about EOS. We did um, hire a coach, um, a business coach out of Madison, an action coach. Mike McKay was who worked with our business. And he really pushed us to think outside the box and execute. And so, a big part of that was use a lot, utilizing our resources that we had right here within the company. So we took um, people in our traditional true product sales side of the business and had them look at their clients differently um, and how we can generate revenue, not just by selling to them. And so that was a big piece. You know, we already had a client base. How can we look at those those clients differently? So that was a big piece of it. And, you know, Mike really he pushed us to ensure that we had the right people and that we stayed focused and we were challenging each other through really intentional, constructive conversations, sometimes conflict um, and battling entropy because, this year, as you add new changes and things, you start to see a positive momentum. Often you lose sight and it starts to dwindle backwards. So it's been very, very intentional this year to manage that entropy. And so that as we grow very intentionally, we don't lose sight and you know rest on our laurels because then we're right back in the same same position. Sure. Absolutely. And can you explain uh, what you mentioned with Apple changing their, their model? Yeah. So... You know, COVID was was interesting for Apple all in itself. I think everyone, you know, pivoted to that one-to-one environment and Apple didn't necessarily grow their market share. They sold more devices. Um, but with that, they didn't release a new device last year for education. So they released an iPad in the fall of last year. It was extremely expensive. It's more of a consumer-based iPad. It didn't help schools. It, it required a whole new accessory set change, a new format profile, and the devices were more expensive. It was, it was the first time in a long time we see Apple release a product that traditionally goes into education that really wasn't suited for education. And it caused you know, districts across the country to really pause. You know, We're investing more money in something that 
you know, we just, it's hard to find that added value. They were $30 more device before you added in cases and headphones and all of those other features. And so then this year we're in the same boat. So now we're a year later and it's not that they released a more expensive one. They just didn't release anything and they didn't address the price point. So there's rumors. There's always rumors in the market that something's coming um, here in October where, you know, the next month out. And if it doesn't come in October, Apple will generally wait till the spring. So it's, it's a big waiting game. We've done a lot of things in the background to prepare for when Apple does release product to help support our clients in a bigger way. And I'm kind of hush hush on that because, you know, it's an edge to the market of what we're trying to plan for. But it, it is frustrating for schools. It's been really frustrating to watch that budget conversation that we've been working on for so long to be sustainable, be turned upside down because Apple paused their product release in terms of addressing it for education. Hmm. Interesting how a decision by one company can have uh, so many wide ranging uh, ripple effects. Yes. And for Apple, I mean, they have so many constituents. So, uh, you know, right, it's yeah. not as simple as like this one sector. Um, of course. You know, but when you work with that one sector, it's really, you see that pain and it's really important to them. It's really important to us for them to have that financial stability and visibility into what their funding needs to look like, you know, three and four years out. Yeah, sure thing. Well, that's really interesting, Diamond. And um, I remember also last time we spoke in uh, last summer, we touched on some of the supply chain issues that you were experiencing, kind of some lingering effects of the pandemic. And uh, I remember at the time you mentioned uh, box labeling materials. Is that still a challenge or any new supply chain challenges or is that issue kind of largely cleared up? You know, I think we always pay a lot of attention to the political landscape because even just this week alone, you know, the government potentially shutting down trucking and, and international shipping rates instantly go sky high. So where I mean, there's people in the day to day life that you're like, what, there's going to be a government shutdown? Like it's not even on people's radar in our world. I mean, it instantly has ripple effects across the country and I mean, just today we had that conversation. It's the last day of the month. Shipping's always hard the last day of the month anyway. And now it's even harder because overnight pricing went through the roof. So I think the COVID era has kind of reduced. We went through the UPS potential strike and shutdown that that sent ripples through the market. We had an LTL carrier, uh, you know, go, go and file bankruptcy after being bailed out 10 years ago. That shakes the market. I think it's having a lot of partners and making sure that we're aligned with the right people. And it kind of allows us to stay a little more stable than if you're just bouncing around and, and always looking for the, the lowest value. Um, we we invest into good people and good businesses to help keep us stable through the, the chaos in the market. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, speaking of chaos and I guess a little bit of uncertainty, but also kind of planning ahead, what does the next few years look like for Diamond Assets? What are you kind of keeping an eye on as you plan for, you know, how to continue the growth you've been seeing? Yes. I mean, our number one focus is client experience. And since day one of Diamond Assets, we've always prided ourselves on providing a great customer experience or client experience. Now we're striving for like world-class and making sure that as we expand and as we target partnerships and vertical expansion, that we're doing it in the ways that our clients need us to, and really honing back into the needs of our constituents opposed to what we think 
is just the right thing. And so partnerships, um, both domestically and globally, is really one of our focuses as we grow, um, along with just, you know, the world of AI and automation and ESG, like those are all of the hot topics. And really all of that lives within our ecosystem. And we want to be ahead of that curve. So that's something that we're really trying to figure out how we embed in our growth strategy as well. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you've got that forward-looking perspective. And can you briefly explain um, what is the role of AI in the space that you work in? So, I mean, with everyone knows about ChatGPT, right? I don't know yeah. if everyone's using it, but the world of chat, I mean, we do a lot of coding. We run different databases. We have we have developers on site, which we'll, we'll never lose sight of. That's a big part of how we're nimble. But I mean, ChatGPT can write code. It can mm. reformat marketing documents and email, like how you would talk to a client and, and build a process and procedure. They, they make things, it makes it quicker to get started. I, you know, in our business, I don't think it will replace people. I don't want to replace people. I, I value the right people in the right seats and that's not AI, but it can help them do their jobs faster and with a, with a really high professional touch to it. That's, it takes a lot of time to get to that. And that kind of gets you that edge above. Right. That's really interesting. Well, I'm glad I asked because, you know, AI is so broad. I can talk with 10 different people and have 10 completely different conversations about what AI means for their industry. So that's that's really interesting to hear. And I, I mean, it helps you analyze data. If you if you use AI in the right programming, you can get a lot of information from the data that you have to make better decisions to support your employees and, and support your clients. Certainly. Well, Diamond, before we wrap up here, anything else that you wanted to touch on that we haven't been able to uh, discuss already or anything else that you think our listeners should know about the the field you work in? Oh, um, you know, be patient, I, I would say. Technology and the, the world today in a looming recession, there is going to be a lot of change, I think, that's going to occur over the next year. Any year that it's an election, an election cycle, it always gets a little more interesting. But I, you know, I think we're going to come through it. And I think technology is going to come out on the other side of it with even more focus on sustainability and planning for the future. Because when it gets rocky, that's when you really start to think about planning for the next time it gets rocky. And that's where companies like us get to come into play and help, you know, smooth the waters and smooth the waters for those future times when that's really not where you want your focus to have to be. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your perspective, Diamond. And and again, for coming back on the show, it's always a pleasure connecting with you and uh, well, good luck with, uh, with your business in the year to come. Thank you so much, Alex. Have a good day. All right. You too. You've been listening to WIS Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.